GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. This is Gibraltar Today. Our top story, the Chief Minister has been at the United Nations Committee of 24. Um, He uh, took a a strong stance and said that uh, a treaty that uh, Gibraltar agrees to would not give up uh, any bit of sovereignty uh, and it needs to respect and honour Gibraltar's unique history and position. He was speaking at the Committee of 24 and our reporter Jonathan Sacramento was there with him to speak to him and put questions to him just after Mr Picardo made his address. Remember that for 60 years there's been a very aggressive campaign by Spain to try and get the committee to act in its favour. There have in fact been resolutions which were not favourable to Gibraltar in 1969 in particular, but by continuing to come to the committee what we do is we ensure that the committee is aware that there is a homogeneous people represented by its elected representative, the Chief Minister of Gibraltar, putting the view of the people of Gibraltar before the committee. It's fundamentally important, even though people in Gibraltar might be frustrated that the committee doesn't take us off the etc. It's equally important that we continue to check any attempts by any third party to move the committee in its favour. And that's why we must be here 60 years, 120 years or as many as it takes. We hear the Spanish delegates talking about how hurt the Spanish neighbouring people are by the Gibraltar withdrawal from the European Union. Well, what he said was that they were hurt by the activity of Gibraltar. This is the argument that Gibraltar is somehow a parasite to the area around Gibraltar, which they cannot reconcile, A, with reality, and B, with the idea that by doing a deal with us, there's going to be shared prosperity. The prosperity is already there. It's already shared. It's generated by Gibraltar. It's generated by our British sovereignty and by the entrepreneurial nature of the activity of Gibraltarian businessmen and businesswomen. And, of course, what they cannot reconcile is those two positions because they know the reality and that's why they're negotiating a treaty with us, which is that we can create even more prosperity for Gibraltar and for the region around us. If this was my last address as the leader of the Gibraltarians to a United Nations forum, they should be very clear about one message which has permeated everything I've said, everything every Chief Minister of Gibraltar has said to date. Gibraltar belongs to the Gibraltarians. If you don't like it, lump it. Fabian Picardo speaking to my colleague Jonathan Sacramento in New York minutes after he addressed the United Nations Committee of 24. You might have seen uh, GBC's coverage yesterday afternoon and uh, repeated last night. Um, And if you did, you'll have noticed that Mr Picardo was again accompanied by the Self-Determination for Gibraltar Group. Its chairman, Richard Buttigieg, renewed his call for the committee to engage with Gibraltar Gibraltar and, fingers crossed, but don't hold your breath, send a visiting mission to The Rock to experience life in Gibraltar for themselves, our reality, our lived reality, not the claims that Spain make uh, when they go to New York uh, and speak at the UN. And um, again, shortly after Mr Buttigieg made his address, our reporter Jonathan Sacramento spoke to him. The ambassador took the discussion to the sort of drier elements of, of the controversy because they cannot compete with us in the emotional sense and they cannot compete with us in the sense of um, the Rotarians having a right to self-determination over their claim or territorial integrity. So they have to take it to these, to these issues such as the ones you have described. I think they are issues which are without merit. I think that they are issues that if they are so... Um, 
that they, if they believe in them so much, they should test in an international court of justice. We have offered this. The United Kingdom has offered this. They have never had the courage of their convictions. They have never wished to pursue their claims in an international court. And for that reason, I think that what they what they say when they come before this committee is the only thing they can say. But I would say one thing. I mean, they never make the same points of territorial integrity when it comes to Ceuta and Melilla. Richard Buttigy of the Self-Determination for Gibraltar Group speaking to GBC uh, outside the United Nations in New York. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. We have been reporting on the uh, trial of Ian McGrail, the former police commissioner, who was, of course, found not guilty yesterday of sexual assault. And uh, following on from the uh, magistrate's court decision, we've had an exchange of statements. The chief minister says, uh, sorry, the opposition went first. They questioned the chief minister's involvement in allegations against the former commissioner of police. And then Fabian Picardo hit back, saying that there are no accusations of wrongdoing against him in the McGrail inquiry and that conspiracy theories are not accusations of wrongdoing. So this morning, uh, Roz Astengo, our reporter, has been catching up with the leader of the opposition. Roz, what did he have to say? So the leader of the opposition, Keith Azabadi, essentially says that the chief minister is far too close uh, to some of the peripheral events surrounding this inquiry. So take, for example, the sexual assault case into the former police commissioner last week. Uh, Ian McGraw was found not guilty at the court this week. But it emerged that in the trial last week that the chief minister had signed some letters of assurances uh, for the complainant uh, as well as for other police officers. And, and what what the leader of the opposition says, Keith Azapadi says, is is that uh, the chief minister should be separate. He himself, he says, has been accused of wrongdoing. But I first put it to him, uh, an accusation by Mr. P- Mr. Picardo, saying that it's clear that he is Team McGrell. Well, it's complete nonsense, of course. I mean, it's up to us, of course. We're the opposition. We can make legitimate criticism of things that are happening which are odd and are perceived to be clearly inappropriate. And that's what we're doing today. I mean, the... It's emerged in the case. And by the way, we've uh, held back till the end of the trial to make these comments. Mr. Bigardo made comment publicly last week while the trial was still pending and while the verdict was pending. That in itself was inappropriate, but a matter for him. But the issue that emerged during the trial was that letters of assurance were signed on, for the police officers who have given evidence against Mr. McGrail in the McGrail inquiry were signed personally by the chief minister. Now, the law does not require, let's start here, the law does not require letters of assurance to be signed, let alone by the chief minister, because the law already makes clear what whistleblower protections are. So it was entirely inappropriate, in our view, for Mr. Bigardo to get involved in that process. Let me just pick up on those letters of assurances. On the one hand, you suggest that these were not necessary. But on the other hand, you highlight that the claimant in the sexual assault case against Mr. McGrell, for which he was found not guilty, said that she wouldn't have brought the case without that letter of assurance. So uh, isn't that an added layer of security to assure those who do want to make public disclosures? But this is why this is so inappropriate. Look, uh, let's, let's... Let's step back from this. Uh, Mr. McGrail has made serious allegations about wrongdoing of the chief minister. All those things are going to be decided by the inquiry, for by the chairman of the inquiry, the judge in question. Those issues are going to be decided at that point. 
you, the chief minister has to be very careful in the run-up to the inquiry not to be perceived to be involved in the evidence-gathering process and in the evidence of allegations against Mr. McGrail. And that's why it's inappropriate for him to have signed these letters of assurance. The complainant in the trial last week said if she hadn't received the letter of assurance, she would probably have not have made the statement. That makes it look really inappropriate and really uh, unacceptable, really, for the chief minister to be involved in that process. He should be distancing himself from that process because people are making allegations. Mr. McGrail is making allegations about him. And those matters are, uh, are before the inquiry. The inquiry will need to look at all these issues and in the run-up to the inquiry, for him to be involved in giving letters of assurance to police officers who are giving evidence against Mr. McGrail, to offer a job to Nick Pyle, the former governor, that's all inappropriate. When Mr. Pyle, for example, was at the centre of the events that happened in June 2020. In okay. Section 45 of the, of the Employment Act, it says that public disclosures can be taken to the Chief Minister. No, it doesn't. The Chief Minister is not mentioned at all in the Public Interest Disclosure Act. The public interest disclosures can be made to the employer or a minister. That's what it says. But in relation to police officers... He is a minister. No, but in relation to police officers specifically, the relevant officer... Uh, in the police officers part is the commission of police. Well, Mr. Azapadi, one of the allegations that you've made is that uh, the chief minister has somehow benefited from uh, signing off these letters of assurances. But the judge in his ruling last week made it very clear that there was no evidence of inducement given to the claimant in exchange for the letter, which only offered the whistleblowing protections afforded by the law. What I'm talking about is the perception that he is the beneficiary of any allegations against Mr. McGrail. And that perception is there because this is seen by everybody in Gibraltar as an inquiry where there are, where there are cross allegations by Mr. McGrail against the chief minister and senior people and against Mr. McGrail. And those allegations against Mr. McGrail happened to be underpinned by a letter of assurance signed by the chief minister. That was inappropriate. It's the process that was inappropriate. And the chief minister should be distancing himself because those matters are going to be investigated by the inquiry. And otherwise, it looks like the evidence is polluted. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Now we're going to move on to housing, which is always a popular one, um, given how important it is for all of us and also how little space there is in Gibraltar. Um, It's a beautiful place, but it's small and it does present some particular housing challenges. And we've heard Action for Housing campaign on these in the past. And uh, John Galleron joins us now. Uh, good afternoon, John. Um, where, I must say, used to speaking to Henry Pina. Yes, I know, I know. It's my baptism of fire. Baptism of fire. Uh, so you've been working with uh, the charity behind the scenes? Actually, it's, it's a pressure group, not a charity, actually. It's, uh, yes, almost two years now, so... Henry couldn't make it today, so the group decided, why Why should I step up and... Uh, and here you are. And hear me out, exactly, yes. <laughs> so um, it's an election uh, wish list, yes. uh, and top of that list, unsurprisingly, uh, the the group thinks that the government needs to construct flats for rental. Yes, indeed. I think this is our main priority. Uh, Gibraltar is currently amid the housing crisis, no doubt. So so we urge this government or any government in waiting to construct housing for rental. Um, building these so-called affordable housing doesn't really target 
those with low incomes, for example. We have many medical and social cases who have been waiting five, seven, ten, even more years waiting for an allocation. I mean, it's it's incomprehensible that people should wait for so long. So, so yes, we have been kept very busy and hopefully this list will set out a, a clear plan for much needed reform. So the, the government, the GSLP Liberals have said uh, previously that they think that uh, with the affordable housing schemes that uh, so many people will uh, move that there is there are like knock-on um, movements in the housing sector and as a result uh, we need to wait and see what happens after the next uh, affordable housing uh, projects come online. Uh, the next one will be Hassan Centenary Terraces uh, to see what the real extent of the problem is and and whether uh, there still remains a need to construct more. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, but I think that more or less is a true summary. But but Action for Housing thinks that that's that's not good enough. People are no, waiting. No, exactly. And, and in an ideal world, yes, that may be right. But the thing is, what happens is these people that are moving into these affordable housing flats are young families, fam- uh, uh, people who come from university, just married, having kids. So they move on. Yes. But the parents or grandparents will still be living in these governmental homes. So they're not being vacated. So that is why we think we do need to construct new homes because people are, are, are living longer as well. So older, they're, they're staying longer in these houses. So there, there is a need, there, there is a gap, I'm afraid. So, so yeah, I can't agree with what, what government are saying. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. The deepest act of healing is speaking and the deepest act of helping is listening. That's a quote from the Jib Sam's campaign who want to find uh, or is aiming to find new listeners. Uh, They've got a selection day tomorrow and it's lovely to be joined this afternoon by Vivian Benata. Good afternoon, Vivian. Good afternoon, Jonathan. And good afternoon also to Suyen Katanya. Good afternoon, Jonathan. Tell us a little bit about uh, Jib Sam's firstly, for anybody who's not familiar with the work of the Suicide Prevention Charity. Uh, what does lis- being a listener entail? Okay, Jonathan. Jib Sam's was launched five years ago by Marilu Guerrero. Um, there had been a few suicides in Jib, and she thought it was appropriate and that it was very much needed in our community. So we launched it then. Um, we've now been there for five years. It's grown. It's a suicide helpline. But of course, anybody who wishes to call with any distress, loneliness or any issues they might have, because at the end of the day, we all have bad days and you might not have anyone to talk to. We have um, very trained listeners and we're there to listen. We don't judge. It's very confidential. And all we do is listen and be there for you. And you need more people because this is a service which runs from uh, what time to what time, Sujan? Well, we're open at the moment from six in the afternoon till 11 o'clock at night. Um, But obviously we feel that there is more out there that needs our help. And we cannot do that, unfortunately, unless we get a bigger team. So idea would be to be able to extend the hours because obviously what might be suitable for one person might not be suitable for another. So that's the main reason why we really, really, really need people to come and join us. 
It's extremely rewarding. I think it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Um, you're there to listen without judging. You're there to give your time. It's very, very rewarding. And there's nothing to worry about. Anybody can be a listener. We train you. We've got excellent trainers. We bring someone from UK who trained the trainers. And it's, um, it is. It's very rewarding indeed. There you have it. It's uh, Selection Day for Jib Sam's tomorrow at 6pm at the Catholic Community Centre. And if you'd like to book your space, you can email volunteer at jibsams.gi. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kellyanne Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.